Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. Let us listen to God's word. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, Jesus continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet, Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his own way. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. G.K. Chesterton wrote a series of detective novels about a priest, Father Brown, who, in addition to leading his church, solves crimes that the police cannot solve. So in one novel, Father Brown is discussing an especially difficult case with Lord Staines, confessing that this might be the hardest problem he has yet faced. Lord Stain replies, I know that's saying a good deal with your record, but certainly the detectives, including our friend with the glass eye, don't seem at all able to see the solution. And then Father Brown lays down his cigar and says carefully, It is not that they can't see the solution. It is that they cannot see the problem. I have to confess, hearing this event from Jesus' life, that is how I feel. It's not just that I can't see the solution. I don't see Jesus' problem. He's preaching in his hometown for the first time since he began his ministry. He's wrapping up, headed for the conclusion. People are amazed. The people who watched him grow up, who hired him to repair their house, who watched him trip over his robe running to the market, these people, they're listening to him and saying to each other, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this the guy we grew up with? Isn't this the Jesus we know? Because now he's speaking with authority. He's claiming the mantle that God intended for him, and he's setting out on his mission. And all these people that he grew up with, they're seeing him with new eyes. They're amazed. So I struggle to see the problem. Jesus is preaching a sermon. Everyone is agreeing. They are amazed. It's what every preacher wants. And then... Jesus goes off with 
Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you have been doing in Capernaum. It seems like Jesus is deciding to cause a problem by saying this at the end of his sermon. Because up until then, everything else is going fine. So maybe Jesus sees something, maybe he senses something, maybe it's that gut that if everyone is happy with you, then you've got to ask if you're really standing for anything at all. Maybe it's just that when everyone agrees, you've got to step back and see if there's something you're missing. Whatever it is, Jesus sees something, there's a problem, so he leans into it. Physician, heal yourself. Do hear what you've been doing over there in Capernaum. And then the famous line that we've heard quoted many times, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in their hometown. To me, that line doesn't really sound confrontational. It just sounds sad. It's this heavy sigh. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. So Jesus describes how Elijah, the prophet, when God sent a drought upon Israel for their faithlessness, how there were plenty of widows in Israel, but Elijah was only sent to a widow in Zarephath. And Elijah, there were plenty of lepers in Israel, but Elisha was sent only to a Syrian leper. Jesus reminds his hometown, his family, that from Israel's history, when God sends a prophet to confront his people, God's people usually drive them away. Usually because the messenger is speaking a hard truth. They like the messenger when he's speaking about God's love and his kindness, but talking about hard truths, that's when you start saying, isn't that crazy old Elijah? Isn't that just Joseph's son? When God's word gets confrontational, God's people have a history of driving it away. So it ends up being outsiders who reap the benefits. An outsider who is still amazed by the preaching and the healing and the casting out of demons. Who is still amazed and willing to hear the hard truth with the pleasant one. Because it's hard to hear a hard truth from someone you really know. It's harder to hear a hard truth at home. Our last year of seminary, Brian and I were job hunting, as you do, sending out applications to anybody who was hiring, looking at different churches, weighing out the cost, this one versus that one. Obviously, because it's that season of life, everybody was asking us, where are you looking? Do you have any leads yet? Everybody asked, where do you want to work? We'd always reply, well, we have family in Chicago, family in Birmingham, so we're looking in those two areas. It'd be great to be around family. We're really looking around the Chicago and Birmingham areas. So in December, we're on break visiting my family over at a family friend, and they ask the question, because we're graduating, and obviously we're looking for jobs. And we gave our polite answer. We're really looking around Chicago and around Birmingham so we can be around family. We get in the car with my parents to leave and go back home. My dad's driving. We pull out of the driveway, and my dad goes, Why did y'all say that? 
We didn't really understand what he was talking about. Why did you say you're mostly looking around Chicago and Birmingham? Being a pastor, it's a call. You don't get to choose where God sends you. You follow where he leads. I don't know what it is. A professor could have said the same thing, or a boss at the church that I worked at. I would have felt challenged and encouraged all at the same time, but it wasn't from a boss or a professor. It was from my father. And it is harder to hear a hard truth at home. Coming from my father, it was instantaneous, straight to the the defensive. My head started running. Of course we know that. Of course we're listening to God. This is our polite answer when we're in mixed company, Father. It's not just about following our hearts and what's convenient. He told his truth, and in a moment I replied, clipped and defensive. We drove home, nonetheless, in a silent car, got out of a silent car, went to bed in silence, went to bed still simmering, Because it's harder to hear a hard truth at home. It's easier to love the stranger, to accept the stranger, to forgive the stranger. But when it's someone we care about, someone we respect, someone we trust, someone we know, when they tell us a hard truth, it's hard to hear. Disagreeing with someone on TV, that's easy. Your counselor gives you good advice. That's what you pay them to do. Disagreeing with someone at the kitchen table? Woof. Getting the hard word from family. We know how in a flash, in a heartbeat, we can go from loving our good old boy, so proud of our husband, wife, son, mother, sister, friend, to trying to throw them off a cliff. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But that's a problem. It's a problem because the people who know us best, who are best placed to know what hard truths we need to hear, are the people it most hurts to hear it from. So somehow we have to learn how to hear hard truths without throwing someone off a cliff. It's a problem because the church is Jesus' hometown. Jesus is our good old boy. He's our friend. So when Jesus starts speaking hard truths to us, when the church starts speaking hard truths, we can try to run and ditch the whole thing. The trick, of course, if we want to grow as Christians and grow as people, is to hear the hard truths, even at home. There are two sides for how this works. One is we need to be intentional with how we share those hard truths. There's this much belittled piece of advice I like to call the sandwich. I don't know if you've heard about the sandwich before, but I'm about to teach you how it works. It's a gym. Hey, you're beautiful and wonderful. I love the way you're so kind. Today I noticed that you're being a bit of a bully to Karen. You're so faithful. I know you can do better. The sandwich. You see it? You sandwich the hard truth in the middle of really nice, beautiful, positive things you want to say. And this is not cheating, let me remind you, because the brain is actually more open to being challenged once it has already been affirmed. I'm not saying you're a horrible person. I like who you are. I'm proud of you. But here's the thing you could change. By the way, I still love you. By sandwiching 
the hard truth, we help the other person receive it instead of just swiping their legs. That's first. We can be intentional on how we share hard truths with one another. But the other side of it is a little bit more complicated because we cannot control how other people share hard truths with us. And at times they might just share them very bluntly and very directly. We can't control how they share hard truths with us. So we have to decide for ourselves that we care more about growing than about being right. We care more about growing as individuals, as Christians, as a church, than we do about being right. Humility. All of this has to be grounded in humility so that when we come up to a hard truth, we want it. We want it because we want to love the other person better. We want to love God better. We want to be more faithful, more caring, more just, but we're not there yet. So we need humility. We need humility to hear the hard truths. My father is not very good at the sandwich technique, if you haven't noticed. He didn't use it that day. He just came out and said it directly. Reminds me much of myself, who also is not very good at the sandwich technique. It took us a couple days to cool off and process what he had said. But in that moment, I remembered that my parents would know. They got married, flew to language school, and deployed as missionaries to Columbia, South America for a decade. So when they said, you go where God calls you, they really would know. That time for them was not an obligation. It was not a horror. It was a blessing. The push, the reminder, the demand that we follow God's call, it was love, a desire for us, for Brian and myself, to experience that same satisfaction, that same joy, those same blessings that come only from following where God leads. But it's harder to hear a truth at home. The hard truth at home will often be the truth we need to hear. Then Jesus leaned back and said carefully, It isn't that we cannot see the solution. It is that they cannot see the problem. And so in that moment, he lifted the bread and broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it and remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood shed for you and for many. Do this in remembrance of me. And sandwiched in the good news, sandwiched between the bread and the juice, Jesus gave a hard word. Jesus diagnosed the problem that his disciples had failed to see. That we are sinners. Between the good news of the bread and the cup, Jesus reminds us, his family, his hometown, that we are sinners. It's a hard word. And it sure is harder to hear it at home. But frankly, it's the word that we need. Let us pray. Lord, we see the good news of the bread and the cup. We see that you have diagnosed the problem a long time ago, that we are just sinners. So we come before you and we offer you ourselves.
We offer you ourselves, although we are only sinners. And we ask that you would fill us with more of you, that we might look more like your image, that we might look like Christ. We pray this in your name. Amen.